It's Brazil. It's Switzerland. It's Serbia. And it's Cameroon. It's Group G. And it's the 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar. It's the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. Okay, well, that brings us to part three. We're going to start part three uh, with a summary of the team and a look at their form coming into the cup. So let's begin with uh, Brazil. And uh, another singular accomplishment uh, is that they are the only non-European team to win in Europe, uh, a World Cup in Europe, which they did in 1958. But it's actually the inverse that's perhaps more significant in that they have won four of their uh, five titles when the World Cup was played outside of Europe. They can't be described as having a weak period because success or failure does not correlate well between uh, the global and the regional competitions of Brazil. For example, their strongest global period, 1958 to 1970, was part of their weakest regional period. It can be argued, though, that the current period is uh, really their first weak period. Following their 2007 Copa America win, their performances had been relatively poor. They placed high hopes on hosting in 2014 to pull them out of that. But as we saw uh, in the long history, that ended in humiliation. It was followed by a quarterfinal finish in the 2015 Copa America and a group stage knockout in the 2016 uh, Centenario edition, which included teams from Central and North America. A quarterfinal finish in the 2018 World Cup would be good for most countries, uh, but that finish uh, in three out of four uh, cups since their last title in 2002 could be defined as a slump for uh, a country of which it is said the English invented the game, but the Brazilians perfected it. Yeah, Brazil's lack of a title or even a top three finish since 2002 is a slump. Uh, whether the 2004 and 7 Copa America wins uh, means the slump started later, or whether fourth place at home in 2014 means it isn't a slump, or whether the recent 2019 Copa America title, mint, uh, title means the slump is over, um, Brazilians won't have it. 20 years without a World Cup title for them is a slump. Uh, the strong 2018 World Cup qualification and the even stronger one in 2022 gives them hope. The Copa America title in 2019 and a solid second place finish in 2021 also gives them hope. But all hope is aimed at winning another title. A semi-final finish or even second place would satisfy most teams, but for Brazil, it would likely feel like failure uh, or at best a positive step in the hope of a World Cup title next time around. All right, well, that is Brazil. And uh, we move on to, uh, our, uh, to Switzerland. Switzerland was not a top team in the early years, but was a respectably strong team. Quarterfinal finishes in three of four World Cups from 1934 to 54 is impressive, but is as much a result of the small pool of teams in the early years as it is a testament to their strength. Certainly, though, they were stronger than the years that followed. 
And from 1958 onwards, they dwindled in strength to the point of not uh, reaching either the World Cup or the Euro Cup. That they started qualifying again in the 19s uh, is partly a result of each cup expanding, but at least in the World Cup, passing the group stage in 1994 and regularly from 2006 onward is a result of an improvement in form, even though it took until 2016 to find that form in the Euro Cup. Now, at the risk of sounding cynical, uh, good fortune in their groupings uh, does play a role in their success, perhaps uh, inflating their record a little bit. Uh, they were often paired with France, who are one of the least consistent of the top teams in Europe and a team that they often tie. Uh, Greece and Latvia were the main competition in 2010, Iceland and Slovenia in 2014, uh, Portugal and Hungary, uh, a Hungary who lost to Andorra uh, with, their, with their group members in 2018. And in 2012, they failed to qualify behind Montenegro. They've also enjoyed easy grouping in the tournaments where they passed the group stage with South Korea and Togo in 2006, Honduras in 2014, and Albania and Romania in 2016. Uh, do you agree with that assessment, Connor? And what do you think of their grouping here? Um, yeah, I in, in general, I do agree with it. And I think we've seen with some teams, you mentioned Greece, they were another one where they kind of do well in a tournament and then they are, I mean, Switzerland have actually been a part one seeded team at times, um, which kind of gives them a, a favorable group, which they win, which kind of reinforces their top one seeding and so on. So they have benefited from that. Um, but I think for Switzerland to, to give them a lot of credit, they, they've been consistent. Um, you know, they managed to, um, you know, ha they've, they've had groups where maybe they would be expected to win, but they've done that. Um, they've got out of the group. So, um, yeah, a bit of fortune, but um, I think they've uh, they've also come into their own as a, and they're kind of known as a, as a tough, consistent right. team. Well, uh, let's take a look at their form coming into this cup. Yeah, so I think given those easy groupings in recent years, their true strength seems to await kind of rigorous testing against top teams. Um, apart from beating Spain in the opening game of the 2010 World Cup, uh, a team that went on to win it, uh, they generally lost or at best tied when faced with top teams. More recently, though, they have become a bigger threat to the top teams, uh, beating France in the round of 16 in Euro 2020, finishing ahead of Italy in World Cup 2022 qualifying, and beating Portugal in the 2022-23 Nations League. Uh, greater consistency against second-tier teams of their own strength also suggests some improvement in form in recent years. And I think that kind of summarizes Switzerland is a team that's kind of the best of the tier two teams or among the weaker of the tier one teams, kind of whichever way you want to look at it. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, we'll maybe talk a bit more about that uh, in the discussion later, but let's continue on with the summaries and form. Uh, looking at Serbia. So the historical Yugoslavia has undergone political changes and its legacy carries down to Serbia, having played under the names of Yugoslavia FR, and Serbia and Montenegro in between. It is sad that political upheavals in the early to mid 90s caused them to miss cups through UN sanctioned bans. Uh, but for that, they could boast being the only team to never miss a World Cup or Regional Cup campaign. 
their consistency in participating is juxtaposed, that's a big word, hey, juxtaposed by their inconsistency of their results. Their success is impressive, especially in the early years of each cup. Two top two, two top four finishes in World Cups to 1962 and three top four finishes to Euro Cups to 1976. But in both, they failed to qualify for several cups uh, in between those successes. After the bans of the early 90s, Yugoslavia FR returned strong, passing the group stage of the 1998 World Cup and the 2000 Euro Cup. Through the changes from Yugoslavia FR to Serbia and Montenegro to just Serbia, they quite admirably kept up their World Cup record, at least qualifying for the majority of them, even if they didn't pass the group stage. Not so, though, with the Euro Cup, where 2000 marks their last appearance. After failing to qualify for the 2014 World Cup for the first time since 2002, Serbia returned um, in 2018. They were knocked out at the group stage as they had been throughout this millennium, and that was in contrast to the past where they usually pass the group stage of the tournaments they reach. But the group stage is better than not reaching the cup at all, and they haven't reached the Euro Cup as Serbia. 2020 was closer than previous editions, though, reaching the final step of the playoffs before being knocked out by Scotland. Um, they are the only European team in the 2022 World Cup that is not from UEFA Nations League A, as Kevin mentioned, but they have been competitive with their League B teams, Norway, Sweden, and Slovenia, are currently standing second in the group. All right, and their last team is uh, Cameroon. So if we see their uh, African Cup record as slow rolling waves, we have to say that they did not match well with their World Cup uh, record. Uh, the first World Cup qualification in 1982 came before the high wave of the mid-80s, where they won two African Cup titles, but didn't reach the World Cup. And their best performance of reaching the 1990 World Cup quarterfinals was actually a lull in their African Cup period. Their back-to-back -back African Cup titles in 2000 and 2002 came during a period where they were qualifying for the World Cup, but not passing the group stage. A low period of not reaching the World Cup in 2006 was followed by the high of a second place finish in the 2008 African Cup and a poor period in the African Cup from 2012 to 2017 was during a period where they were reaching the World Cup even though their uh, performances were very poor there. Finally, their surprise African Cup title in 2017 compares with a non-qualification in the World Cup in 2018, only their second non-appearance at the World Cup in the new millennium. The extended wave metaphor for the African Cup continues with the tide remaining fairly high since their surprise win in 2017. A round of 16 finish in 2019 is not great, but it is at least passing the group stage. And third place is less than they hoped for as hosts in 2021, but it is a good finish. The general mismatch with World Cup results continued in failing to reach the World Cup in 2018, but the general pattern of doing so resumed in 2022. They will hope the performances in the Cup will be better than their second, last, and last place finishes in 2010 and 2014, respectively, uh, to say nothing of the ugliness of team turmoil and match-fixing allegations, which they have hopefully overcome. 
All right, well, that's a summary of the four teams, and now we're gonna take a look at their uh, uh, rankings. All right, uh, well, yeah. Uh, I'll begin with Brazil. They were ranked number one at the time of the draw um, and are still ranked number one by both FIFA and ELO. Um, in fact, Brazil have been ranked in the top three in both systems since um, December 2016 and have actually spent a lot of their history uh, as the world number one. Oh, you're on mute there, Kevin. Right. Uh, okay. In June 2013, they, they dropped as low as 22nd in FIFA rankings. But uh, we've said several times we have a bit of a problem with FIFA rankings. Uh, and they were, they were third. They remained third in ELO rankings. So uh, I'd have to say they've, they've pretty much never really been out of the top, top, say, eight teams in the world. What do you think? Yeah, the, the FIFA rankings are a bit... Um reactive so that was probably in reaction to some poor results but yeah i mean i think people people hear brazil and they know what know what to expect um yeah consistently among the top teams yeah, in the that's world that's right okay uh, how about switzerland uh switzerland are currently 16th in fifa and 14th in elo and that kind of spot in the teens is kind of their, their typical spot in both systems at least in uh in recent years um, they were as high as sixth in FIFA in June 2018, but their current of kind of 16th is probably more along their average. Right, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, a period of being in the 20s from, uh, say, around 2010 to 15. Uh, but even that's respectable enough. They've always been up there. Yeah. Serbia are 25th in FIFA and 19th in ELO. Um, so not actually all that far behind Switzerland. Um, and they've, uh, it kind of represents a recent rise. They were in the, in the 40s in, in FIFA and 30s in ELO um, in December 2016. And they've kind of risen steadily there since. Um, and 19th in ELO is... Uh, is uh, yeah, um, yeah, the only uh, interesting, thing, or the main interesting thing there is a bit of a split between FIFA and ELO rankings. Which do you uh, find yourself agreeing with more? Um, I generally defer to the ELO rankings, but I, I do think 25th as opposed to 19th is perhaps a little bit more reflective of Serbia currently. Yeah, me too. Okay, well, finally, Cameroon. So Cameroon are 38th in FIFA and 55th in ELO. Um, there's a bit of a split there, again, just reflecting the Cameroon's recent African Cup where they finished third, which is good, um, and that's kind of given them a... a a rise in FIFA, whereas ELO is a bit more steady. Um, and the 50s and 60s is kind of where they've been um, for much of the last four or five years. Yeah, that's right. I mean, they did rise as high as uh, 20th in, in the first decade uh, of this millennium, but uh, definitely haven't come close to that uh, since then. Let's take a look at their head-to-head -head records. All right, well, we've alluded to the fact that some of these teams have met each other previous times. So we do have some good head-to-head -head results to compare. Um, Brazil versus Switzerland, they've actually met twice in World Cup group stages before and tied them both. Yeah, we, we saw 1950 and uh, 2018. Um, uh, 2018 being most significant, uh, showing that uh, Switzerland can get a tie against uh, big oppositions. Yeah, Brazil versus um, Serbia. 
Um, this is just focusing on Serbia, I guess, and not not the Yugoslav history. That's um, right. They, and they've met once, and that was also in the 2018 World Cup, a match which Brazil won 2-0. Uh, that's right, yeah. They've played Cameroon quite a bit. Yeah, Brazil have met Cameroon four times. Um, Brazil have won three, but Cameroon actually um, has one win in there themselves. Right, the most recent and relevant one was in 2014, where they met in the group stage of the World Cup, and Brazil won 4-1. Yeah, and then Switzerland and Serbia also meeting in 2018 uh, World Cup group stage. That was won by the Swiss, and that's their, their only meeting as Serbia. Right, and uh, Switzerland and Cameroon have never met, nor have Serbia and Cameroon, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how they compare. Let's uh, take a look at the odds. Uh, we've put up the odds to uh, uh, qualify from the group. What I did here is actually take the numbers from three different odds makers and kind of average them out yeah so brazil has a 91.1 percent um odds of, of making it out of the group stage um switzerland the pot two team is 47.6 and serbia the pot three team is narrowly behind at 44.8 and then finally cameroon the pot four team are given just 18 percent chance of advancing from the group all right, well, maybe we'll start our discussion around uh, uh, whether we agree or disagree with those odds. But I do want to kind of look at the uh, uh, World Cup schedule here, Connor, which I'll, I'll just put onto the graphic that we have. And, uh, oh, um, uh, do you want to just talk us through the schedule and then we'll discuss uh, uh, any relevancies? Yeah, so um, I guess looking at kind of the rankings, um, and the and the odds, the most significant games kind of are in the last round. Uh, Switzerland and Serbia are given similar odds, and they meet each other in their final matchup. And then Cameroon play Brazil in their final match. We mentioned that could be significant if Brazil have already advanced and possibly play a weakened team um, against Cameroon, which could give them an advantage or, or more hope of picking up points. Yeah, possibly so. But in the in the long history, we saw that Brazil uh, quite often wins all three games. So I can't imagine them fielding uh, really a team weak enough that Cameroon could beat. What do you think? Yeah, I have to agree with that. I mean, I think Brazil kind of famously can put up numerous strong teams. Um, you know, Brazil's B team is still better than, than most countries in the yeah. world. So it might just be a chance to mix up some playing time, which could help them in the long run. But you're right. Yeah, um, and honestly, I think those B-team players will be looking to perform uh, well enough that they'll be considered for a spot in the A-team in, in the final rounds. Yeah. So as you say, those those uh, players will probably be better than most countries' A-team. All right, well, let's go back to the odds, and I'll let you start. Do you, uh, do you see things this way? Well, I think Brazil's odds of 91% are actually a bit low. Um, as we saw in the long history, in the post-war era, they've only ever failed to pass a group stage once. That was in 1966. And they often win all three games. Um, you know, to not pass the group stage, they have to suffer not one, but probably two upsets. Um, and I just don't see that happening. They're, they're a very strong team, a very consistent team. So, um, I mean, I don't, I'd almost guarantee Brazil's passage out of the group stage and most likely in first place as well. Uh, I, I agree with you completely. I think uh, 91%. I guess maybe one in 10 times uh, something odd could happen. 
that would see them uh, not finish. No, I, I, I honestly don't see uh, finishing third in the group stage behind these teams. Um, it, 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 it would happen less than one in 10 times, I think, and it would be maybe more devastating than the loss to Germany in 2014. Mm-hmm. I did make a mistake in the history and said, uh, 1966 was the only time they didn't pass the group stage. That was true in 1932. But hey, you know, that's uh, how many World Cups uh, is it that they have passed the group stage, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I also see them as uh, coming in a bit more kind of um, sober into this World Cup, if you know what I mean. I mean, I'm really hoping that we don't see the, the silly antics of... Uh, um, of Neymar, and uh, and I really do kind of think that 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 loss to uh, Germany and and the long string of uh, World Cups without a success has made them quite determined uh, now, and they've reached the final of the last two Copa Americas. They've been stunning in qualifications, so I don't think they're going to take any of the teams lightly. I think they'll be really focused on getting the job done. Yeah, yeah, they just had like a brutal consistency in qualification. They qualified early and there was still no let up from Brazil um, going undefeated. Against um, very good teams too. Yeah, home and away. They were just relentless. So um, yeah, there's really no sign that a slip up is imminent. Right, I might surprise you even further by saying the odds makers give them a 73% chance of winning this group. Yeah, I, I just don't really see many scenarios where they don't I, I also think that's a bit low yeah yeah definitely too low uh okay well do you see switzerland as the uh, second place finisher here yeah so interestingly the the odds put switzerland and serbia very close as do the elo rankings um the fifa rankings there's there's a bit more of a gap um but actually i see switzerland as as the better team here um and i'm kind of confident in saying that when you look at at history switzerland you know recently often passes a group stage where Serbia, if they get to the tournaments, often don't. And they have a very kind of poor and inconsistent um, record, uh, in, certainly with their in the European Cup qualification, where as where Switzerland, you know, are just kind of a, a relentlessly consistent team. They often get out of the group, not much further than that. Um, but I kind of expect that here. Um, I mean, and that said, Serbia you know, had a very impressive qualifying campaign, winning their group ahead of um, Portugal. They have um, Alexander Mitrovic, who's just on fire and, and is typically a great goal scorer for them. So it's yeah. possible that perhaps they're, you know, they're entering a bit of a spike in performance. Um, but looking at the Nations League, where they're a Nations League B team in Switzerland, the A team, I mean, I, I see that reflective of their true relative strength. So I favor Switzerland more than what the odds makers and rankings suggest. Yeah, I mean, I would say, uh, of course, it was impressive that they qualified over Portugal. But you did point out uh, when looking at that tournament that that it was really a last-minute goal that uh, saw them in second place. And they otherwise would have had to qualify through a a qualification and face Italy, uh, I believe, along the way. Um, So I wouldn't say that they're lucky to be at this cup, but I do think that's kind of the limit and has been the limit of their success. Uh, even though they they uh, are the descendant team of Yugoslavia, I gotta say it's um, 
It's Croatia that seems to have inherited the intermittent success uh, that Yugoslavia had. So uh, otherwise, I would say, you know, Perbia, uh, Serbia could pop up at any time and finish third in the cup. But really, it's Croatia who, who seemed to be that way, whereas Serbia consistently fails to reach the Euro Cup or consistently, uh, you know, good consistency in reaching the World Cup, but uh, consistently falls at the group stage. So I do think they have the uh, talent uh, to go a little further with a bit of luck. But I got to say, in this group, um, I don't think luck will be enough. Uh, Brazil uh, is so strong, and Switzerland, as you say, is so consistent, especially against second-tier teams, that I don't see any room for Serbia uh, uh, getting through or putting in a stunning performance. They haven't really done anything like that. Yeah. That said, I mean, if they... If both Switzerland and Serbia beat Cameroon, and we'll, we'll talk about Cameroon in a second, and they both lose to Brazil, it, it will come down to that final match between them. It could be very delicately poised, and, and a draw could just see the kind of the, the randomness of, of goal difference coming into it. So it could be a matter of keeping a low score against Brazil or, or scoring several against Cameroon. Um, so it, it's going to be delicately poised until the end, I, I think, but... Even in a head-to-head matchup, I yeah, I, I favor Switzerland. Yeah, I like that point. I like that you say it could kind of come down to a bit of randomness at the end. And I think certainly on a good day, they may be capable of uh, tying Switzerland. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's not out of the question. I still see these odds. I mean, honestly, the scenario you described or kind of what these odds are describing and even though I do think they'll both lose to Brazil and beat Cameroon, uh, I, I think in their head-to-head, I would give Switzerland a much bigger chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we both said that uh, um, they, they, you know, expect to win over Cameroon. Do you think Cameroon has a chance to overcome that? I, I think Cameroon has, has a chance of getting points in this tournament, but I don't see Cameroon as really a threat to the European teams um, for second place. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're an okay team in Africa, a strong, relatively strong team, but they're not among the strongest African teams, even in this tournament. Yeah. Um, You know, third place was good, but keep in mind that they were playing at home in the recent African cup. So it'll give them optimism, but you know, in Africa, especially home form is a, can be a huge advantage. Um, so yeah, I, I see Cameroon, they have, they have some talented players, um, but I don't see them at the level of the other two teams. Um, points are possible, uh, probably more against Serbia than Switzerland, the way I see it. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, I don't really see them overtaking them and less so to be a threat to advance. Am I, am I unkind or do you agree? No, I, I would say honestly, Connor, I'm even a bit more cynical uh, than you, and it's not because of uh, of their performances in 2010 and 2014. I think they'll be better uh, better than that here. Um, but one of one of the things that I, I find hard to wrap my head around uh, uh, was, you know, they won the 2017 African Cup completely out of the blue because they were doing poorly until then. And but so you think they would kind of go forward with a solid team that they could build around. And the fact is, I think, I think there are only uh, four or five players from that 2017 
uh, squad who have survived long enough um, to be on this squad. So uh, for some reason, they find themselves having to rebuild after winning that African Cup title. And the rebuilding is actually going uh, reasonably well, but um, uh, it's still underway. So as you say, they're, they're, um, they're probably behind Ghana, the second weakest team at this cup. And there are teams like Nigeria and Algeria and Egypt who didn't make it, who are probably stronger teams than them. Uh, I think you would have to be a really strong team like they were in, in 1990 uh, to, to uh, come in and challenge in this cup. And again, I, I haven't seen them doing anything in recent times that, that would make them uh, kind of a threat here. There's always room for a surprise, and they do have some uh, talented players. But um, I think this cup, uh, the level will be too high for them, as it has been for five of the last seven uh, uh, cups where they've only passed the group stage. Yeah, or failed to pass the group stage. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, failed to pass the group stage. So, yeah, some of those teams had a stronger squad uh, than this squad. And uh, still, it was a struggle to get past the group stage. So, yeah, um, yeah I got to say that they're going to be, um, I, I just see them finishing last here. Yeah, I, I think what, what settles it for me is you have two teams in Brazil and Switzerland who typically pass the group stage. And you have two teams in Serbia and Cameroon who typically don't if they get here at all. Um, and I just, yeah, the way this group shakes out, I, I see a kind of a clear one, two, three, four. Um, and I think kind of that, that recent history will, will stay true. I don't really see a big shakeup or, or a lot of room for surprises in this group. I agree. Uh, of those one, two, three, four, which uh, area do you think would uh, is the most open to a switch? I think possibly Serbia and Switzerland partly given a bit of the weakness of Cameroon, but, you know, Serbia, you know, on a game level can surprise, they can beat good teams and they may only need one good game against Switzerland to do that. Um, you know, they have Alexander Mitrovic who, who scored almost 50 goals in just 75 appearances. He's a machine for Serbia. So, you know, you have a player like that, you know, he can win you a yeah. game or, or pop up with a 90th minute goal when it matters. Um, so that makes Serbia a bit more of a threat, but um, yeah, I, I say that without being um, all that convinced it'll happen because Switzerland, I just see them as an unrelentingly consistent team yeah. um, that, that, that doesn't drop a lot of points that they shouldn't. Yeah, I actually came into the group thinking that uh, Serbia and Cameroon was maybe the the two that could switch. But uh, honestly, thinking about it and looking at their history and, and their players, uh, I, I would be surprised. I kind of hope Cameroon uh, does well because I'm always kind of pulling for the teams from, from Asia and Africa to do better at the Cup. Do you think the climate gives them any kind of an advantage? I don't think so. I mean... Um, I think the home field matters. Um, I mean, they play a lot in their climate um, in Africa. And even there, they've had draws with Malawi, Comoros, other teams like that. So, no, I don't, I don't see it being a huge advantage for Cameroon. Not enough to overcome um, the other teams. Okay, what if I throw in that they have four players playing in Saudi Arabia? Oh, well, that's interesting. Um, but, Including no, Abubakar. 
Yeah, I mean, he's the, he's their uh, their kind of maverick player. He was sensational in the African Cup. So Cameroon have talent. They have players playing, yeah. you know, good players playing in Saudi Arabia, but also top leagues in Europe. Um, I mean, they're not a, a weak team, but they're just weak once I think they get onto the this global stage of playing the best of the best. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, even if we, we put Abubakar and uh, Mitrovic head-to-head, I think uh, Mitrovic is still more capable of pulling off, uh, yeah. you know, pulling off upsets. Yeah. All right, Connor. Well, I think you've been very wishy-washy here, and it seems like you can't make any kind of a decision, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pin you down here. Tell me, how is this group going to turn out? Well, if I wasn't clear already, I'll, I'll say it here. Uh, Brazil, Switzerland, Serbia, Cameroon, that's my pick. Uh, yeah, i got to go the same way. And uh, in my notes, I even kind of said even a deviation as far as a draw in this group would, would be a surprise for me. Um, uh, although there is kind of a chance between Serbia and Switzerland, or if Serbia uh, uh, kind of comes a bit weaker, Serbia and Cameroon. But, yeah, I don't see much deviation from the pots here. Yeah. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. And thanks so much for listening. Yeah, those who are unfamiliar with our podcast might want to keep listening for some information uh, for further listening. Um, But if you're turning off now, goodbye. And we'll, we'll hope you tune into our next podcast in the series, Group H. All right. Good talking to you about this, Connor. Bye bye. Right. Okay, uh, for the listening, we've done nine different series of podcasts if you're interested in a deeper dive. Uh, some of the information may be dated, but some of the histories focus on different aspects of the team histories, so it can help you to get to know teams more intimately. Yes, as mentioned, this is our 10th series, and we have done at least one series on every region except Oceania. We have files for that region too, and we'll do one down the road so as not to leave them out. But let's go region by region. Uh, right, so Europe, our first series was a group by group podcast on the teams of Euro 2020. Uh, that was played in the summer of 2021. And uh, for South America, we also did a group by group podcast on the teams in Copa America 2021. For North America, we have done three series on CONCACAF. The first was a group-by-group podcast on the teams in the 2021 Gold Cup. That included a look at Qatar. The second was a preview of the eight teams in the final round of World Cup CONCACAF qualifying. That came with our first player series, where we went team-by-team through the players. The third was an update halfway through that qualification. Yes, and for uh, Asia, we did a group-by-group podcast on the 12 teams in the final round of World Cup qualifying. And that included a deep dive into each team's World Cup qualifying history. We have done three series on African teams. The first was a group-by-group podcast on the 24 teams in the 2021 African Cup, played in early 2022. The second, done around the same time, was a team-by-team series on the players for each of those teams. Third and finally, we have recently concluded a series on almost all teams in Africa, a group-by-group examination of the 12 qualifying groups for the 2023 African Cup. This included a deep dive into their African Cup history, which was quite extensive. This provides a look into some of the lesser teams that rarely even qualify for the African Cup. Right, and we realize that not everyone is interested in the level of detail that we go into, 
So starting from that series, the 2023 African Cup series, uh, we're editing our media, media casts into shorter versions. Uh, generally, for groups and teams, this will just be a summary, uh, a summary uh, and discussion segments of the longer podcasts. And for the player, uh, the player ones, just the sections on the squad's overall strength and a list of the uh, main players that we expect to reach the competition. So uh, that's usually two or three groups per episode. Yes, otherwise each long version of the series contains a deep dive into the matter at hand. So if it's African Cup qualification, for example, it's a deep dive into the team's history of African Cup qualification. Or if it's the World Cup qualification, a deep dive into each team's history in qualifying for the World Cup. Right, and all of those podcasts can be found in our library at soccerfiles.captivate.fm. That's soccerfiles with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. And uh, we also provide a link to our website and other relevant material in the show notes for each uh, media cast. And in general, uh, to find us, you can type Soccer Files Canada into Google, and uh, it's easy to find your way from there. Or just check out the show notes for this or any of our media casts, and it'll be easy to navigate uh, from there. Okay, see you in our future media casts.